it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, no matter what part of the world you're in. <laughs> Nevertheless, I want to, want to thank you for being here today. We have a special, special, special program because we are going from the Virgin Islands to Nashville and around the world. Today we're going to have, well, let me put it this way. We're going to have authors, and we're going to stick with authors, but we're going to go to the whole world because... You want to talk about Freddie Powers. Rest in peace, I have to say that, because he's passed on. But his wife and a co-musician will be here to share with us. I'm talking about the title. Today's title of today's show is Late Freddie Powers Through the Highs and the Pens of Catherine Powers, Jake Brown, and other people. Wow, that's amazing. So I think we have uh, Kathy in the house. Kathy, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm Catherine. Yes, I'm here. Thank you for having me. Catherine, yes. I took the liberty and called you Kathy. (laughs) I'm sorry. My daughter has a name, too. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you here. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Good. I assume that uh, Jake would be coming too, but in the meanwhile, let's go ahead because ladies first, anyhow. So let's go ahead and have <laughs> you introduce yourself to our audience, please. Okay, um, as I said, I'm Catherine Powers, and I was married to the my. I hate using the word um, late, and I hate using the word widow, but um, yes. I was married to Freddie Powers, um, yes. who was a songwriter and producer um as well as a comedian and um <laughs> he had a very interesting life um and this book is all about his life starting at his childhood and um called the spree of 83 the life and times of freddie powers uh-huh. and um he was a as i said he was a songwriter he wrote many hit songs with merle haggard and george jones and um He's had many people like Ray Charles and um, hang, hang on. Big and Rich. Hang on. I'm sorry. We'll get into that more in depth in a minute. I just wanted to least Hello. to know that you're here and who you are. We also uh, have, thank can you. you hear, can you guys hear me yeah, at all? We also, yes, we can hear you good. We can hear you. Oh, I didn't know. I thought I was on mute. Yeah, Jake. 
This hey, is Cashier, co-author Jake. How are you? <laughs> fine, thank you. Fine, thank you. Glad you're here. Good timing. Perfect timing. Couldn't be better because we're just asking you, we're just asking Catherine to tell us about herself. Now it's your turn. Jake, go right ahead and introduce yourself to our audience, please. Oh, sure. Uh, well, first, thank you for having us on. Um, yeah, you know, I've been uh, a biographer for 20 years and 50-plus books, and uh, I host a upcoming streaming television show called About the Authors TV, where I interview other authors uh, about the craft, best-selling authors from around the world. I specialize yeah. in memoirs and anthologies that would include, like, National Songwriter, where I met Freddie and Catherine. Um, and then I've done books with Joe Satriani, Hart. Motorhead, the Tupac Shakur Estate, uh, Big Smo, Teddy Riley, which isn't out yet, uh, all over the map. Uh, but I have to say that the book that I uh, proudly uh, co-authored here with Freddie and Catherine, The Spree of 83, is by far one of my favorites for multiple reasons we can get into on the show. That's good. That's good. I have one quick question to ask you. With all the work you do, do you ever have time to sleep? <laughs> uh, not much. No, I ask but him that you know what? All the time. Yeah, and, and the thing that the, the thing that that's important about that, as funny as it is in the sort of abstract, for your audience, especially talking about authors, is you know, um, if you want to if you want to carve out a career, especially in this age where the competition is so much more than it was. I my first published book came out in two thousand one, and back then it was like you were guaranteed paperback runs. Nowadays, if you get a deal. Oftentimes they're going to try to force a, an ebook out before. If that sells well, then you might get a print edition. Um, there's lots of things that go into writing. It's always be writing though, and that's why. I mean, even at 45 years old, you know, if I sleep five hours a night, you know, it's I'm lucky, and 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 that's okay. The more books you write, the bigger a catalog you're going to build, the bigger a royalty stream you're going to have for yourself down the road, and more importantly. With a book like this one that Catherine and I and Freddie worked on, this took nine years to get to where we are now, not because it didn't have previous iterations that were not quite what we wanted, um, but because, you know, the screenplay and the film that we're now getting ready to, to try to make again after this COVID nightmare um, and everything mm -hmm. that Freddie wanted for this project just took that long. So you have to have other income streams and royalty streams to, to finance That's being right. able to work on something like that. Just like Freddie and Catherine with the music business, Freddie was such a prolific songwriter that there's a catalog that continues to support, you know, now Catherine, but supported them for years along with a lot of other generous people while he had Parkinson's and Catherine was keeping him on the road. It's really a remarkable story. Yes, yes, yes. So we're getting into that right now. Before we go, let me just tell you something that I'm sure – would be an eye-opener for you. You are listening to our audience in the Virgin Islands, in the Caribbean, Virgin Islands, U.S. Virgin Islands. <laughs> so oh, what, wow. I like to say to my, you know, what I like to say to my audience who come to share with us in our audience, when I have guests, what I like to say to them, I welcome them as honorary guests of the Virgin Islands. But to put it more wow. succinct, let me put it this way, uh, Jake, you probably will get a kick out of this more than <laughs> But now I am a true Virgin Islander. You are honorary virgin from the islands. All right? Now you are. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's fun. You're an honorary Floridian for Catherine and an honorary Nashvilleian for us. Welcome. Well, there wait a go. minute. There wait a go. minute, Jake. I'm an oh. Alabaman. I'm an Alabaman. <laughs> I'm not a Floridian. I'm an Alabaman. Okay. Catherine right, is right. right on the coast there. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, all right, let's go on because I know you guys are limited for time. Especially, uh, hey, we got as much time as you have, man. We're we're happy to be here. We want to talk okay. about Freddie as much as you want to talk about him. Oh, well, that's good. Glad to know that. I'll I set you up for forty-five minutes. So we'll go there. I was hoping we could get a little longer, but I didn't want to impose. As long as you need. Yeah, we're here. The door, the door is always open. You're welcome to come back anytime, or if I have something come up, I might call you and get you to come back. All so, right. What do you want to know? What can we? Where, where do you want to start? Let's go. Let's go with how did you and the, and the Catherine get together? How did you meet? Uh, well, I've been aware of Freddie's music since my childhood. My grandfather raised me listening to country music. Uh, we would go out to the, his boat on uh, Lake Carlisle, which is a little sailboat, and we would listen to country mm-hmm. music radio station from Missouri. Of course, they played All in the Game, which is Merle Haggard. Uh, had yeah. so many great songs on it. And then years and years and years later, when I was in the, well into my career, I, I had this national songwriter idea first hit me, which is the, in country music, it's a little known, and it bears on Freddie's story, that many of the people who either co-write or write songs that become hits on country music radio are not actually written by the stars who perform them. Uh, in yeah. Freddie's case, it was unique because Merle Haggard was already a legendary star and songwriter in his own right. But Freddie... Uh, had the songwriting gift that he'd had a lot of years, but hadn't really flexed the muscles of until him and Merle got together and became co-authors, co-writers of many number one mm-hmm. hits. Catherine can tell you more about. Um, and so it was just when I when I had the opportunity to interview Freddie, Catherine and him were coming up here on their bus, and it turned out he wound up in the VA hospital. He had a Parkinson's uh, mm-hmm. incident. Yeah, we didn't think he was coming out, and I met Catherine, and she handed me a well-worn, uh, lovingly, wow. you know, half-typed, half-written manuscript, and we started work from there. Oh, it's amazing, amazing. So, Catherine, how about you? What uh, what was your plan? How did you start off? With, with Freddie? Um, with the book. Freddie and I. Okay. Cool. With the book? Well, the, cool. it was Go something that way. Freddie had started, you know, working on um, years um, mm-hmm. And probably in the 80s, he was writing his little memoir and stuff. And then when he was diagnosed with Parkinson's, it became yes. something, you know, um, something we wanted to finish. So I started working with him on it and um, putting it together. And then, like um, Jake said, by chance, um, we had met Jake. And when Jake actually... Um, sat there in the hospital and just kind of ran through the manuscript that Freddie and I had put together. Jake mm-hmm. immediately, you know, he was like, this is more than a, a book. It, it would be a great movie. And so mm-hmm. the three of us just started working together on it until, like, you know, he said we finished it. But Freddie, by the grace of God, I actually found a lot of, Freddie's work that he had started, you know, working on it back probably, like I said, in the 80s. So most of this book and all of the Freddie stories, he wrote himself. So um, Jake and I was just able to expound upon it. And um, 
with Jake being a great interviewer, he interviewed a lot of the people in the background or, you know, and this is what it is today. And I am so mm-hmm. proud of it and, and just uh, amazed at the stories and the people that came through to help us put this together. Yeah, if I can add to that, um, you know, the, the part part of the attraction to a book like this is, is Freddie's life. But, you know, we would be – I would be lying to you if I didn't say when I first was reading through some of the characters that populated Freddie's life. I mean, Outlaw Country, which is a well-known uh, niche over here, um, you know, really John Rich, who's big and rich uh, – co-songwriter, singer in the book extensively talks about Freddie's influence, but says if there was a Mount Rushmore, which is where our four presidents are over there in South Dakota, uh, it it, it would be Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Merle Haggard, and Freddie Powers. And Freddie's influence behind the scenes on these gentlemen. Yeah, whether it's Willie Nelson and Freddie's friendship started in the 50s and went all the way till Freddie passed, whether it was Merle Haggard, uh, you know, whether it was – John Rich and Big Kenny, whether it was all these different people. We interviewed over 40 or 50 people for the book in total, including 30 new interviews. Yeah, and so you really get, like Catherine said, you get a it's a really populated with a really colorful cast of legendary country music stars and just really fun people, lots of players from all the different bands, Freddie's bands from the 60s, 70s, 80s, Merle's band, etc. You can't not like this book if you pick it up, if you're a country fan. It's it awesome. Definitely. I did some research, and I came up with a lot of stuff, more so than I was expecting. And uh, I'll leave it up to you guys to share with us what's what. But I was so downfounded about what Freddie has been doing all this time. Amazing. So what would be the big part of the project that you've been working on? What was it that you were working on to tell the story? Kind of repeat myself. You want to take that one Yes. Either one. Either one. Doesn't matter. Uh, the the well, phone cut out for me. Can you repeat the question super quick? I'm sorry. The, the connection sure. cut out. What was exactly about the big part of the project? What was the? What was it like working with with Freddie to tell his story? It was incredible for me because Catherine had been with him 30 years, but I had the privilege <laughs> of spending the last three years of his life with yeah. him on the bus. Uh, yeah down on yeah. music row and you know, we would sit there and we would, we would talk every week and, and he would tell stories and laugh and sing. And, wow. you know, uh, I would, and then I would watch, you know, he had Parkinson's by then very severely. I'd watch Catherine, you know, do all of the medically related things that she had to do while mm-hmm. we're still talking. And he'd be in the middle of a sentence and she'd have to, you know, turn him over or move him to the couch or put, she used to pick him up on yeah. her back and move him when he couldn't walk himself. So to watch yeah. those two interface and be such an amazing team uh, made you want to be part of that team, you know? This is, this is a movie in the making. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Wow. Catherine, anything else you want to add to that? Um, I was just going to say that discovering a lot of things about Freddie that um, I really didn't know and, and getting to find songs that he had written and recorded that I had mm-hmm. never heard. And like you said, we were together over 30 years. So, wow. um, and, and getting to hear some of the people that, you know, Jake interviewed that yes. and the stories that they had was, I, I still get choked up over it. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. it's amazing yeah. Yeah. to me. 
Because they they go back all the way to the 1960s to Freddie's bands out in Reno and Vegas in the 70s, and when he was the king of Reno, you know, he Freddie had had a had a had a entertainment almost director kind of position that he had the power of the pen. He was called Ambassador Goodwill. He hung out with mobsters and movie stars and and country stars, and they partied all night, and they would go, you know, to brothels like Mona's and all kinds of crazy things in this book. Uh, And then in the 80s, when Freddie and Merle were Merle Haggard were living together on, on Lake Shasta. Merle had a whole resort out there. Him and Freddie had houseboats, and Catherine can tell you more about this, but it was like a rock star, you know, the booming 80s, everyone thinks of heavy metal. These guys had nothing on Merle and Freddie in terms of the parties and partying. Wow. Uh, Catherine can tell you more about it. It's hilarious. The, the plane yeah. a great scene to start with. Uh, it may be good. And, and Frank Sinatra calling and wanting him to come and uh, perform with him at the White House, but instead Freddie and Merle told him they were too busy. They had their own thing going, and everybody yeah. wanted to be out there on those houseboats with them. Okay. Yeah, Freddie well, built a plane, too. Freddie was a pilot, and, and Catherine has a funny really? story about what he, he did with his plane yeah. while they were up. I mean, you tell them that story if you don't mind, Catherine. It's hilarious. Well, Freddie actually built his um, own airplane. It was called the Natural High. It was a little ultralight, and he built it right there on the boat dock. So everybody was able to watch Freddie building this plane, and he taught himself how to fly. And um, once he had built the plane, then he decided to put it on pontoons. So (laughs) he had to learn all over again about how to Mm -hmm. now land on water. So Freddie had two things that he would go flying around up there. Um, One would be getting supplies as they would need them. But he would look for fish or he would, and he'd report back to Merle, I've just spotted a, a school of shad over here, which meant fishing or or he would say, I, Merle, I just spotted a bunch of naked women over in Jones Valley Cove. And Merle would radio back, I'd meet you at the Jones Valley Cove. Merle always called himself the radio tower on the ground while Freddie was flying. So. Those guys are too something else. Well, I tell you. Yeah, you're right there. Uh, they, uh, they, they were a mess. They um they had a lot of parties, but there was a lot of great songs written during all that time. Yeah, they wrote yeah. all those number one songs while they were partying. These guys were prolific yeah. artists. Amazing. And they would go yes, tour and play arenas and yeah. I mean Yes. Yeah. It, it would be amazing. like somebody would say something, you know. It was like one this one girl actually said, um, told Freddie that when they got down to Nashville, she was going to chase him around the room, and it wasn't 10 or 15 minutes later. That was a hit song they wrote. So Merle and and Freddie, they were a great team when it came to writing. um, But they were best friends as well. They considered themselves more like brothers. (laughs) Freddie wrote a a song for Ray Charles um, called Little Hotel Room. That's how... That's how esteemed within that ten year period as a songwriter, how yeah, prolific yeah. and then esteemed he became um after not writing songs really that he played for anyone for years. I mean and yeah. then and then in the nineties he moves back to, to, to the Austin, Captain and Freddie do after they get married. They live on Willie Nelson's golf course. Willie was parking his bus in their driveway. 
uh, for a while. They had a, a television show in their living room called Rogers and Hammerhead. It was a songwriters oh, interviewing really? songwriters television show. Catherine co-produced it. She could tell you about it. It was amazing. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'd like to hear it. It was, it was a, actually, we were nominated for a Cable Ace Award, and um, Freddie and, and his partner, Bill McDavid at the time, um, had decided that they would do more like a educational-type songwriters program. So they would have all these top songwriters on there from Merle and Willie to Floyd Tillman, and who actually, it was the last show that Floyd Tillman ever did, and uh, but they would you know, talk about the songs and how the song was written, the structures of it, um, how they would come up with melodies, um, how to get a song produced. So they kind of kept it, you know, like a songwriter show, but an educational type songwriter show. But very entertaining. Very entertaining. We have a soundtrack. I want to make sure we mention, um, we have a book soundtrack. It's one of the first official country book soundtracks for a memoir. And it's 52 oh. songs. Yeah, two sides. You can actually hear uh, different performances and, and interviews from the show on the soundtrack, along with material from Freddie's entire career, the 50s all the way up through 2000, uh, you know, 13, 14, but when he couldn't sing anymore. This guy, even when he had Parkinson's, he was still performing for sold-out crowds. He would play Willie Nelson's yeah. very famous Fourth of July picnic and use his humor yeah. when he, you know, would talk about his Parkinson's. He played... I had a cruise, the Parkinson's Foundation cruise. Catherine can elaborate on these things, but just as a setup, yeah. he also went to Europe uh, and would play the Aqua Blues Festival, you know, uh, 2008, mm-hmm. 2010. So he was, even in his 70s and 80s, he was still wow. performing from a wheelchair, yep. shaking with Parkinson's. Amazing. It was remarkable. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, he even, he even wrote a song in his later years, um, it was one of those where he would have, had been invited by Mark Sherrill, who wrote um, Old Red for Blake Shelton, and Mary mm-hmm. Sarah, who um, was actually on The Voice and was a finalist. Um, it was Freddie. They had invited him over, and Freddie had already had – he knew he was going to be a part of it, and Freddie had written a song in his head. And oh. so when he got over there – he just started running off lines and little Mary Sarah grabbed paper plates and a pen and just started writing it. So even when Freddie could barely talk and just barely whisper out words, he was still writing. The music was always in him. The music, the music always ran through him. I can tell that. Yeah. There would be times when he couldn't talk, but yet he could sing. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Music really kept him alive for years. And years and years beyond yeah. what people thought it would. Before we go any further, let's come up with the title of the book, The Spree of 83, and there's a lot more to it than that. Part one and then part two, let's tell the audience where they can pick up a copy. So who wants to go you with can, that? Uh, you, you can order The Spree of Three, The Life and Times of Freddie Powers, directly from Freddie's website, freddiepowers.net. You can also get it in most stores, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, you can order it off, you know, Amazon, the barnesandnoble.com site. You can get the ebook over a lot of different e-readers. Um, yeah. There's also a YouTube channel, uh, and there's also a website, thespreeof83book.com. You can see a lot of videos of Freddie playing throughout different eras of his career, from the 50s, yeah. the 60s all the way up, uh, 70s all the way up through the millennium. 
And if you do order it off the Freddie Powers, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, and if you order it off the FreddiePowers.net, it will come to you autographed by Jake and I. Yeah, and inscribe. Inscribe, Catherine can 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 make out a personal birthday or Christmas or if it's a yeah. great Christmas present, she can personally inscribe it to you or your loved one, etc. Yeah. You know, the thing that's fun about Freddie that that another thing that we really want to picture is is really acknowledge is it, it, that's funny about him is quite literally how funny he was. This guy was a class A comedian. Um, he actually had a dirty joke night where all the legendary country music stars George Jones, Mel Tillis, oh, no. all of them would come up to <laughs> John Riches and tell jokes. Uh, and Freddie yeah. and Willie Nelson in the book we talk about, they used to run up phone bills in the 90s calling one another from Europe or wherever Willie was touring with whoever had the new joke. Uh, Catherine can elaborate yeah. on that. But he was such a funny, funny, funny man. He was a comedian. You can hear – yeah. Yes. Two live wow. albums real quick. Um, you can hear his comedy on uh, that are also in release with the book. One of them is live in Reno. The other is live in Vegas 75. And you can just hear this guy at work. I mean, he won Reno. He won Reno's, you know, Artist of the Year, Top Talent of the Year uh, award in '78, in part because of that comedy. I mean, he was so funny, just a funny, yeah. funny man. Wow. Yeah, he did the costumes, the the facial expressions, and um, he, he his delivery was always even even at his worst times. He would start to tell us a joke, and he would maybe, you know freeze up is what they would call it from the Parkinson's and about 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, he would finish that joke and the delivery was still so great. You just couldn't help from busting out laughing. Did a pause yeah. off and then come back. Some of it's pretty R rated. So you have to read the book yeah. to hear it. Cause it's, it's, okay. <laughs> but it's okay. funny. He was, he was an old school comedian. I mean, this guy was a, he, he did a Dixieland jazz act. What Catherine's talking about, with the costumes, is he, he would dress up in these zoot suits, and Freddie was, oh, wow. was a masterful. Well, let me yeah, let me explain just in the setup. You understand that why this is important. Sure. Freddie was a banjo player in that act, but he was a master guitar player, and that's another thing in the book that we really want to make sure is solidified is that you know Freddie is credited by Country Music Television, Rolling Stone, you name American songwriter that did an amazing article on on the book just yeah. recently as really really responsible for bringing Dixieland jazz into country music's mainstream for the first time. Yeah. That goes back to Paul yeah. Paul Buzzkirk and Willie Nelson in the fifties, but. Yeah. As a, as a Dixieland jazz player, he could interweave the comedy with these amazing performances that were so crazy. The musicians that were in his bands had to be able to keep up. I mean, these guys were playing, you know, I mean, I don't even know the BPMs. It was crazy how fast they could play. And then stop on a dime and Freddie would tell a joke. It's all there on the, on the website um, to see uh, and listen to on the albums. But you just really get an appreciation for his talents across the board. Yeah. Well, well, I did a little research, and as I said, a little, because I didn't even know where all to go. But here you are, enlightening us. What I've done, basically, is I have a web, a social media site called Pinterest, and I didn't see you on there, and now you are. Not you, but all three of you. <laughs> Betty yes. and others. Betty, Catherine, Jake, and others. So... That gives some more exposure to audience we have around the world. Thanks. For oh, the we internet. appreciate it. Yeah, you can also, you know, the other thing about Freddie, Freddie and his associations is, 
if you were to if you were to look up Willie Nelson and like you know the Grammy winning over the Rainbow album, or if you were just to go behind the scenes, Willie could have had anybody hanging out with him. Merle could have had anyone in the world that these guys wanted to spend all of their time with when they were hanging out locally at home or on the road. In Merle's case, it was usually Freddie. Freddie was with. It wasn't. He was in the presence of all these amazing stars. But one of the most remarkable things about him that people remember him for is the fact that he was always there in an influential kind of behind-the-scenes way, whether it was mm-hmm. – and Catherine can elaborate on that. But it, he was always mm-hmm. important. It wasn't just buddies. He was being – his talents were being utilized by these guys. You know what I mean? He was a you know, really important part of the machine. Wow. Well, I mean, Catherine, yeah, what I mean, are some examples of that, getting Merle off the bus well, when he didn't well, want to get off you the know, bus? Like and, doing, uh, yeah, like <laughs> doing TV shows, Freddie would be the creative director and – um, and then some albums he was producer. So um, Freddie was a lot in the, in that background part of um, that he was saying producing and creating giving um, new stars TV a chance. Shows about, and, like, giving... Yes, and and bringing up new stars and and giving people opening you know the doors for them and putting mm-hmm. their, giving them a foot in and stuff. Freddie was very generous with his time with up and comings. Um, he he was just Mary Sarah was, Pauline Reese yeah <laughs> Lucas yeah yeah, yeah wow. there's so many of them yes yes I was just about to say that with so many people you he's been involved with is any particular Big and Rich uh, talk about his influence just on a more prominent level um, you know uh, Big and Rich uh, John Rich talks eloquently about uh, mm-hmm. Freddie, I mean, for Page, Rattlesnake Annie, who's a legend in Europe and in Texas and country and country in general, uh, talks elaborately about Freddie as a guitar player. Um, you know, uh, Pauline Reese, who's a star in Texas, Mary Sarah, who, as Catherine mentioned, they did this album I'll let her tell you about in a second called The Bridges, uh, but also then through help, Freddie's you know, help with that, you know, that helped get her elevated to the level where she wound up on this competition here in America called The Voice. That's a huge platform for stars. She played the Grand Old Opry. Catherine, tell them about Bridges, if you want. I mean, that, that was a remarkable well, project. Well, the and Bridges he was ha- album, Freddie was the executive producer on, and um, when the idea came up with her doing uh, a duet with, with Merle, of course, Freddie yeah. was like, we can do that. And the next thing we know, um, we've got her set up doing duets with and with Kent Wells uh, that was also um producer on the album and um Sharon Dennis who was at the time her management we were able to pull together 13 of your big stars from Merle mm-hmm. and Willie and Ray Price and Dolly Parton Tanny Tucker Oak Ridge Boys who also took a big interest in Mary Sarah um and put this album together and uh, she's doing duets with all these great big stars. Matter of fact, she just did a duet with David Frizzell, which has just been released, um, with Why God Made Oklahoma. And yes. so, um, so it, you know, opening the doors for uh, others was something that Freddie was, you know, very proud of the being able parties. to do. Yeah. Tell them about the picking parties. And through the picking parties, we would have picking parties that actually started <laughs> in our home and, um, there in Austin, and then ended up having the Freddie Powers Pick of the Pavilion there at the La Hacienda Resort in Austin, Texas, where we would have from up and coming to big stars that would come and play and 
there would be producers or people out there looking for songs. Matter of fact, Tanya Tucker even said that going to a Freddie Powers picking party, you could pretty much get a full album by all the different wow. songwriters that played there. Yeah, and, wow. and just to add background to that, the, the picking tradition in Texas especially is legendary. It goes way back in the decades. And basically what it means for anyone who doesn't know what the shorthand of picking, it's when a bunch of very accomplished guitar players sit around in a circle together, as Willie Nelson and Freddie used to do, or Merle, for 15, 16 hours at a time. And then in the 90s, Coach Daryl Royal, the legendary Texas football coach, started hosting or had been hosting, excuse me, since the 70s, but 80s and 90s, these golf tournaments with songwriters, astronauts, actors, movie stars, Matthew McConaughey, Luke uh, Wilson, you name him, Owen Wilson. They would all come and play golf and then at night sit around for hours and listen to people like Freddie and and, uh, Mm -hmm. Willie and anyone else who was there, uh, unknown songwriters, all play their songs and everyone had to be quiet. It was called the Coach Row Rules. So when Catherine and Freddie started their picking parties, I'll let her pick this up. Tell them the names if you would, and tell them about the rules because they're so important to why Freddie had such respect from songwriters. Well, we, they did. They call them the Coach Joe Royal rules, and which I would post those up on the doors so when people would come in, they would know that when an artist was performing, it was time for them to zip it up. And we would yes. call it red light, which means stop talking. And yes. um and I, I, it's pretty well known that at the picket parties that if you start talking, I can't get you to shut up. I'll show you where the door is. So, <laughs> I mean, but Definitely. there would be, you know, like we said, there would be people sitting out in the audience that yeah. next thing you know, somebody would get a song picked up to have recorded, or somebody would get a tour um, scheduled out of it over over in Europe or whatever. So. There was a lot of great things that come out of those picking parties and still do today. Yeah, wow, one of them wow, was wow. called the Freddie Powers South by Southwest Picking Party. The other one, Catherine can tell you. It's the Black Eyed Black Eye and Peas. I totally screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Black Eyed Pea and Cabbage Picking Party on January the 1st on New Year's Day. And people mm-hmm. will bring their Black Eyed Peas and cabbage, and we do like a tasting and um, listen mm-hmm. to great music. We put on about 15 to 20 acts in a day. Wow, amazing, amazing. I need to go there then. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, a lot, they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. They're a lot of fun. Yes, yes. I was in San Diego, not San Diego, excuse me. I was in San Antonio a couple of years ago. It was my first time to get there as a civilian. I knew it as a Air Force search, uh, enlisted person. So I didn't get a chance to go out. But when I did get a chance now, a couple of years later, I didn't realize there's so much going on in San Antonio that uh, I wish I could get back there. I wish I could get back there. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. San Antonio and Austin, it's, it's all music, yes. yes. I know that, yes, yes. Before we go any further, let's remind our audience where they can pick up their book. Uh, Spree of 83, uh, The Life and Times of Freddie Powers. You can get the book soundtracks on Spotify, iTunes, etc. You can get the book at Barnes & Noble. You can get it at barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, uh, at Freddie's website, freddiepowers.net, and Catherine can tell you the personalization of that. Okay. Go ahead, Catherine. Well, no, it, like we, we said, that if you order it from the freddiepowers.net, it will come um, personally autographed to you by Jake and I both. So, um, and if you okay. wanted to get it as, like you said, as a gift for someone, I can autograph it to whoever you're buying it for. 
Fantastic. All right. Well, let's turn over a little bit to our new novice, I guess we could put it, novice authors. We cater to authors of all levels, similar to what Freddie was doing with his musicians. What kind of suggestions or advice would you want to pass on to uh, aspiring authors who might be listening <laughs> to us now? It's funny you mention that because I'm actually – yeah, well, no, no, just because that's part of the point of the show about the Authors TV that's coming up. Um, oh, did I, I interview you? all these authors and ask them that, and this is what, what, what I can tell you and then Catherine yeah. can tell you from her lens. Hello, uh, hello. Yeah, just in terms of, I mean, there's three things that's important here. if you want to be. Yeah, can you hear us? Hello? hello? I can hear you. Can you hear me, Catherine? Hello? I hear you. Yeah, you're can you hear back? Us? question again once to answer that question so you can edit properly to answer that question uh i want to first point to something freddie always was a master at and that's marketing um you can't competitively write in today's book climate with as many young authors as there are and as many digital vehicles like amazon publishing and other not what you quite would call self-publishing platforms anymore you have to think while you're writing about who's your audience who you want to be reading the book, how you're going to reach them. You have to be in the process of setting up social media, your YouTube channel, your Twitter, whether you like it or not, your Facebook. 
um, and the expectation of having readers. And then once you get some readers, you have to engage them and then grow that fan base organically by word of mouth. Hire a publicist, which costs money. Uh, do it. Because if you don't, I often tell people, even if you're a best-selling author, your case, your book is like a social worker with 30 cases on their desk. So publisher can only, yeah. <clears throat> publicist can only give you, you have to hire your own team. The other thing that's really yeah. important before you even get to all that is an agent. You have to have an agent. If you don't have an agent, chances are you're going to get taken advantage of if you do get a publishing contract. Freddie always talked about the importance within business of making sure that music, you understand music as a business, as much fun as it is to survive 50 years in the career like he did. He was always thinking two or three steps ahead, and that's how authors need to think. The second and third pieces of advice that that I would wrap up with on that is always be writing. Freddie was always writing songs. He was always playing guitar. He was always networking. He was always introducing new stars, as Catherine talked about, which helped keep him relevant to new generations. Uh, that, so always be writing, All, no matter what kind of book. If you're a young author and you can write, but you really can't find anything yet, ghostwrite. Go on Craigslist. Everyone's looking to do a ghostwriting project. It's a great way to be a transcriptionist, be an assistant to an author, anywhere, uh, work for free in internships, do workshops. There's also this thing called uh, writing critique groups. You can get together with other writers of a similar genre, your mystery writer, romance writer, whatever, and they can critique one another's books week to week, chapter to chapter, and that helps you write the actual thing. And the last thing, to quote Freddie again, he was always, always, and Catherine can attest to this, somebody who was in the networking middle of it. The guy, when, even when he had Parkinson's, they always kept the bus on the road, whether it was Willie Nelson helping uh, pay off you know, bus bills from when it would break down or big and rich or whether it was, Catherine can elaborate on this, but it was always, always be in motion, always be going, always keep yourself out there, always keep your name out there. So writers like to have this romantic notion that they need, because it's such a solitary profession that while you're alone writing it, then you're going to be alone in its release. And it's sort of opposite. You have to go out and almost take on a, maybe a more social personality than you like because you're selling your book. You have to sell it so that people want to buy it. It's that simple. Yes. And then Freddie Freddie would say, if if you mind, um, that as a songwriter, he would always say, also, be your own judge. And because there was a time when he had, um, when he wrote Always Get Lucky With You, um, where one of his band members had said that they, you know, he called it to play it. And the guy said, oh, Freddie, I don't like that song. And so Freddie, thinking that it was a bad song, he ditched it. Well, lo and behold, that did turn out to be a number one. So Freddie always said, be your own judge. If you like it and you never get tired of playing it, it's probably a good song. And a number one, you can't hold it back. It will bust itself out. Wow, good point. Good pointers. Folks, thank you very much for both of you. Both of you, great. Fantastic. Well, we're getting... Sure. On time, we have about three minutes going on. I'd like to ask you basically about the products you have on works. I heard you say something about the movie coming up. Tell us about yeah, it, please. That's our. That, that's in the work. We've got a screenplay done. We've already had conversations with some actors. That, again, COVID really upended that because, in in a way that really might be 
better in a way because we're just more educated now and continuing to, yeah. and we're, you know, but we're with our third set of producers right now that we're talking to. So like yeah. there's never been an issue of interest in this. It's a mess, but you know what, of all the authors I talk to too, that, that have books get made into film, it takes years. It's, it's not, that's why when yeah. I emphasize this nine year journey, it'll be 10 years yeah. next year. And probably by the time the film's done 12 or, or so, you know, so it's like, yeah. we're just committed to Freddie. We're committed to keeping his, his dream alive of, of his full legacy being recognized and his, uh, his contributions to country music and beyond and yeah. just keeping his name out there. And Catherine can end on uh, her, her own thoughts. I would guess on that same you subject. Just, I mean, right. You just basically said it off on me. So I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. If Catherine's been the driving force of this, she was the driving force of keeping Freddie on the road and in front of audiences and keeping his name as big mm-hmm. as she did when he had Parkinson's. And now we're just we're happy to be the torchbearers, you know. We're happy to be helping, and not just us, but all of the fans of his that yeah. continue to support him. I mean, that's really what who it's about in the end. <laughs> we want them to be, we want them to be happy. <laughs> down to our last minute, so I want to say to you guys, let's wrap things up with saying, I want to say to you first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time to be with us, and you have enlightened me in so many ways. I'm willing to help you any which way. I put you on Pinterest, and I'll get back back in touch with you. Anything else going on? Let me know. I'll be more than happy to support you. Particularly Freddie, in in Freddie's behalf, in Catherine's behalf, in your behalf too. Jake, go ahead. Oh, thank you. We we just appreciate you supporting Freddie. You know. Yes. Very thank good. you so much. Um, it's it's a dream Check out for the book all of the us. And so yes. Be sure to check out the book and the soundtrack, and that is at the the spree of eighty three book dot com. And um, so, freddiepowers dot net, and you can you can also go to uh, YouTube channel spree of eighty three book, and you'll be wildly entertained by any way you listen read. And that's the great part. You can, last thing you can read along, listen along while you read this book. It's like a three D yeah. experience. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, thank you can you hear Freddie singing okay. while you're reading. Yeah, playing and everything. Okay, very thank good. You. Thank you, Jake. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Catherine. I appreciate it. Very good. All right. Yeah, those All right. Thank you. Well, thank so you. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.